The Church Media Podcast, episode 186, Traditional and Blended Worship with Dan and Melody Griffin, part one. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from From the the best best minds minds in ministry ministry and Christian Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, Audio, lighting, video, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Our team has had the chance to be involved in several conferences this year, and it's been so good to meet and chat with you guys about what God is doing in your churches and ministries. We have the National Religious Broadcasters Convention coming up next week in Hollywood, California. If you're planning to be there, please reach out to me on social media, or you can email me at carl at 1230.media. Let me know when you'll be there. I'd love to buy you a coffee and chat with you. Uh, Lots of pastors and leaders will be there. It's the largest gathering of Christian broadcasters and communicators in the world. Uh, I'll be running around with an army of volunteers that execute the event. So if you see me, please stop me. I'd love to say hey to you and learn more about what you do. Also this year, SALT is coming up October 9 through 11 in Nashville. My buddy Luke McElroy runs that event and that community of church creatives. If you haven't purchased your ticket to that event, visit saltcommunity.com. That's saltcommunity.com to grab those. I'd love to see you at that event also. If you can't make it to either of those events, call us 910-849-1230, 910-849-1230. 1230. I'd love to meet you, talk to you, and learn how you are making Sunday happen at your church. Uh, before we get into the meat content of today's episode, I want to let you know about our Facebook community. Uh, we call it Making Sunday Happen. It's a group on Facebook. Uh, Steve Dirks from our team leads that community. We use this podcast each week as kind of an anchor to talk about topics related to you transforming your worship experience. The group is full of pastors, first impressions and guest services people, uh, communications, production folks, worship leaders, those folks in your church that make Sunday happen. It's probably you. You're probably a member of one of those groups. This is why you listen to this podcast. So uh, those who plan, prep, and execute worship services at your church. It's a great place to learn Ask questions, talk to other creatives, search Making Sunday Happen on Facebook to join the group today. Uh, It'll be a great, great community for you. All right, this week I welcome some dear friends of mine, Dan and Melody Griffin. Both of them have extensive experience in the area of worship, both traditional and contemporary settings. Uh, Both have spent a large chunk of their ministry in traditional venues. Uh, They've both served as music directors in churches across the Southeast, leading choirs, orchestras, uh, production teams, volunteers, and more. They're absolute rock stars. Uh, We'll jump right into my interview with Dan and Melody after a quick word about making Sunday happen, the Facebook group from my buddy Steve Dirks. Here we go. 
Hey guys, Steve Dirks here. We have an awesome community on Facebook called Making Sunday Happen. Head on over to Facebook, type in the search bar Making Sunday Happen, ask to join the group, and I'll get you accepted right away. This group was really birthed out of a desire to live out 1 Corinthians 5.11, build each other up. So often we can feel alone and isolated in the ministry, and so we wanted this to be an opportunity and a place where you feel empowered, encouraged, and challenged to live out the mission that God has called you to live out. So head on over to Facebook, join the group. While you're at it, go ahead and share it with a friend of yours who isn't a part of our group and who may benefit from being a part of a community like this. We look forward to interacting with you on the social media group, Making Sunday Happen. And if you haven't already, head on over and follow the 1230 social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also YouTube to stay up to date with current and new content coming out in the future. We're praying for you guys. We support you guys. Let us know if we can ever do anything to help you and your church specifically. Have a good one. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, this week I am super excited. Most guests that I have on the podcast are friends of mine that I know or worked with from a distance. But my guest today, I've been in the trenches with in ministry in our local community. Today I welcome my friends Dan and Melody Griffin. Uh, Dan has served as a music director in multiple churches in the Southeast over the past 25 years. Uh, he now serves organizations, both nonprofit and for-profit of all sizes, as a keynote speaker, a seminar leader, and executive performance coach. Melody is also equally impressive, working in multiple churches in virtually every aspect of music ministry, including adult choirs, children and youth music, uh, music ensembles, small groups, and more. She currently serves as the traditional music director at Mount Horeb United Methodist Church in Lexington, South Carolina, where we all call home. Two of my favorite people, guys, welcome to the podcast. Did I do okay on the intro? It was, you know, I lifted you up pretty good. Man, yes, absolutely. You can pay me later. Well, you yeah, can also say you're looking of the two. So that that, that would have been an easy absolutely easy too. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Dan, I shared a, a little bit about what you do, but give us a snapshot uh, about what you do now. You've served in churches in the past, but kind of give us a snapshot of what you're doing now. Yeah, Carl, I work with... Uh, Various organizations, for-profit, not-profit, not-for-profit, um, government entities. Really, my whole my whole value proposition is how do we get better? How do we get better as individuals? How do we get better as an organization? How do we work together in teams? Um, I know that that sounds um, intuitive to a lot of people, but the reality is so often that gets in the way of us accomplishing the mission, the goals that we've set. So. I work with organizations in that regard, um, all the way from doing presentations as, a, like you said, a keynote speaker to uh, working seminars from uh, public seminars to doing what I would call an on-site seminar um, and really following a lot of that up with the one-on-one -on -one executive coaching that um, drills down on how do you actually implement these, these um, concepts to, to deliver the results that every organization really needs to see come, come about for their success. Awesome. I love that. And we've talked a lot about how to build teams and how yeah. to kind of structure your organization. I've learned a lot from you uh, in that regard. So uh, I love that you bring that to the table. 
Um, Melody, uh, the the same with you. Share me, uh, uh, share with us a little bit about your past and and kind of what you're doing now. Your your new role uh, at Mount Horeb. Sure. Well, just just my name suggests what I do. Um, I got, I guess I got a little bit lucky that way. I'm really glad my parents didn't name me Touchdown because I would have been an epic disappointment. But they did choose to name me Melody, and uh, I love to sing. I play piano. Studied classical piano from second grade all the way through college. I have a music education degree from Piedmont International University, a Christian university, and that prepared me to teach school, which I didn't do a whole lot of. Uh, We ended up having a child with special needs, and so I've done mostly church music because that fit my schedule better uh, to take care of him. So I have kind of pretty much run the gamut of, of church music, both traditional and contemporary, and now I am serving as the Director of Traditional Worship at Mount Horeb United Methodist Church in Lexington. I do the adult choir, I do the children's choir, um, I also assist with the youth choir and the handbells and the orchestra, and I could keep going, but you're probably yeah. done at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, knowing you guys so well, there's a million things that we could talk about, including uh, your, your work with foster care and just all kinds of stuff. Um, but one really, uh, great topic that I thought of that, that would be perfect to have you guys on is to talk about traditional worship experiences. So, uh, a, a lot of times when people, uh, k- kind of in our industry, they look to the bigger churches, they look to the elevations and the church on the move and those kind of the new Springs and those kinds of churches for, okay, what are they doing? Um, and, uh, you know, in the United States, the average church size is 300 ish. Um, and so, and a lot of them are higher than it used to be, Carl, back when I started, it was probably in the low hundreds. Yeah. There's been a major shift in that regard. Yeah. So there's a a lot of, of churches that are just not there and won't be there and that's okay. And so I want to talk about the, the traditional or the blended experience with you guys. Um, because, uh, a lot of people come to, to us 1230 media for help with their worship experience, which is what we do. But a lot of them automatically assume, okay, I don't, what if I don't have the big lights, the big, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tools and whatever. So, um, so kind of get us started here, Dan, I want to, I want to talk to you guys about the importance of both and the importance of how we can reach both audiences and preferences. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I thought it was interesting as you as you mentioned both traditional and blended. I don't know if you saw Melody and I both kind of get a little little grin there. <laughs> um, you know, here's here's all I'll suggest, Carl. I've been a part of transitioning churches from a more um, traditional, which I I love when people use that term. If you ask ten people. What's a traditional worship service? You'll get about 13 different answers. So true. So true. So it's it's completely relative. And so um, the the one thing that I would suggest is pick a lane. Um, You even mentioned blended. Here's what I've learned. It's kind of like if you set up a radio station that plays one song country, the next song pop, the next one rap, the next one classical, you know what you're going to do? You're going to alienate everybody. Make everybody mad. That's exactly right. So I I would suggest pick a lane. And I, um, Melody mentioned how, you know, we, we love contemporary worship. We love the elevations and and the the new Springs and the gateways and the Bethel. And we could keep going down the line, right? Uh, Hillsong. I mean, I'm I'm old enough to actually remember when Darlene check was still out. Um, Shout to Lord. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
Carl, don't ever do that again. Yeah, Matt, we'll leave that with Melody. We'll leave that with there Melody. You go, there you go. Yeah. The, the, um, I was a part of, of taking churches from where they were to somewhere new. And there's one thing to say that we want to be a, a church that's relevant. But you can do traditional in a relevant way. Yeah. So you, you don't have to think if we're going to be relevant, we've got to be contemporary. Right. I, I just think that's a false narrative. So, um, you know, I, I would just suggest pick a lane uh, and, and then be excellent at whatever lane you pick. Um, I have um, really moved away from this whole thing of transitioning churches. Uh, and I, I have great appreciation for what uh, Mount Horeb has done. Mount Horeb is obviously an older church. These other churches that we've mentioned, um, an elevation church, well, they started contemporary, right? right? So when you take a church that's already in a traditional, however you want to define that, think of it this way. If you're going to take that traditional and then you're going to make it blended and then you're going to make it contemporary, you just hijacked someone's church. Right. And, you know, I've, I've really learned that, um, you know, even watching Melody's mom is, is now 89, soon to be soon to celebrate her 90th birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Um when, when she goes to a worship experience at her church, she would never call it that, by the way. But when she goes to a worship experience and it's all foreign to her, that's just not right, Carl. Yeah. So why can't we do both? And, right. and what I appreciate about what Mount Horeb has done, um, you have two totally different worship experiences on a Sunday morning. You have a traditional worship experience. You have a contemporary worship experience. And I know there are a lot of challenges that that presents on any number of levels. But what I have appreciated about that is nobody's church got hijacked. Right. Hey, Carl, put me in, Coach. I'm about to die over here. I have so yeah. much I want to add. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where do I begin? Okay, so I am in the sandwich generation. I have, I, I help care for an elderly mother and I have children. I'm just right in the middle. So I'm kind of caring for both. But it dawned on me this morning. I am in the sandwich worship generation. I've got one foot in both. I love them both. And yeah. so, I, you know, I was raised with a more traditional music, if you will, but very quickly moved into contemporary. And I love them both. And I think they both can be done with excellence. Yeah. And I totally agree with everything Dan just said. Totally agree. And I feel like to piggyback on that, it's way more about honoring the people that you're serving, not coddling them. And there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And I'm always asking the Lord to show me where do they need to be pushed and where do they need to be nurtured? Right. Is this a place, God, where we just need to really do the familiar and do it with excellence, do it with creativity? And I don't even mean change the tune, because when you change the tune of a hymn, you've changed the song for them. Yeah, they love the words. I love the words. But when you change the tune, it's kind of not the same song. So I, I, I kind of stay away from that most of the time. I'll do the regular tune, but we'll do it different. We'll do it with a string quartet, or we'll right. do it with full orchestra, or we'll do it with brass only, or we'll just bring some percussion players out in the front with a djembe right. and a shaker, and it's just something fun, different, but familiar. Right. So they don't feel like everything they know was pulled away. Right. Um, yeah. Just a thought that I wanted to throw out there before yeah, I good. All right, so we've talked about Mount Horeb a little bit, and for those who don't know about the church, we're, we've all served uh, in and with the church. 
uh, here in our community. So uh, Mount Harb United Methodist Church is kind of one of the largest uh, Methodist churches in the state, definitely, um, and in in the denomination. So, uh, Melody, kind of walk me through how Mount Horeb is structured as far as traditional and contemporary. Yes, there are there are two different rooms, two different venues. The traditional service meets in the sanctuary, and it is just what you would think—a beautiful sanctuary with stained glass windows and a choir loft, and just simply aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. And then we have a a much newer venue. We call it the auditorium. It is set up with state-of-the-art lights, smoke, an incredible band, high energy. Um, So we have two different rooms, two different venues on the same campus. So traditional, you've got hymns. I wouldn't call it liturgical. And like Dan said, there's so many ways to do traditional, but we do have just a hint of liturgical. We have the Apostles' Creed. We have Gloria Patri. We have the doxology. Uh, we do have acolytes and crucifer that bring in the uh, the candles, the cross. But outside of that, I would call it, yes, I would say uh, we, we do the hymns. We have a choir. Now, our choir, we do a little more contemporary stuff. If the, if the congregation's going to sing it, going to be it's going to be purely traditional but if the choir sings it we have latitude on what kind of music we do so a lot of times i'll introduce worship courses that i just love what a beautiful name it is for instance we can do a choir arrangement of that or we can have someone sing that as a solo and you know what they love it they love it right they love it they eat it up but they don't want to stand up and sing it most of the time does that make sense i I think it's going to vary by from a church to church basis, Carl. Yeah. And and you know, for example, Melody just mentioned the latitude that, that she has at Mount Horeb to be able to take, if you will, newer music that's arranged for a choir and and for an orchestra and and that works. Um other churches may not ha- they may be more to Melody's point, more liturgical. Um so I think you've got to you got to know who your people are. Melody said that. You know, we had a, uh, we have a great friend Eddie Anders who used to travel with the um, with the Gaithers, and he used to quote Bill Gaither all the time by saying, "Hey, listen, nobody's going to like it but the people." And and so sometimes we 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 make it harder than it needs to be. Um, so know your people, mm-hmm. and then allow them to experience have a worship experience that fits who they are. And that's and it's okay. Um, you, you're like, well, you know, we've done that before. Well, so what's your? Did they point? love it? Yeah. Again. What's the point? Did it did it lead them? Did it lead them into worship? Mm. You know, there are some folks they still think that because he lives is a worship song. You know, it's 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 like a you know fresh out of the gate. Um. So just know your people. And and be be willing to you don't have to um, what's the right way to say it? Help me, Melody. You don't have to um, reinvent this wheel. Um, sure. If they're if they're coming and wanting to worship, just lead them to that place, regardless of what the quote unquote stylistic choices may be. Absolutely, uh, Carl. To piggyback again, use that word again on what Dan said because I agree so much with it. Knowing your people, yeah. hey attention to their faces. When you're leading worship, are they engaged? Are they bored? Um, Carl, 
you know, I, I, I was just involved at the current church where we are. I was just involved for a long time in contemporary and loved it. I would sit at the piano and the keyboard and worship. I would sometimes do vocals and worship. So when I was asked to do an interim in the traditional service, I'm going to be honest with you. And I told the choir this. I wasn't sure at the time that I could love it. Let me tell you, when I started doing fresh arrangements of songs that they loved and knew, and somebody knew that they had put a lot of time and thought into what was going to happen in that service, and they came expectant, I would look out at their faces, Carl, and they literally looked like Christmas morning. One day we did I'll Fly Away, okay? And we did it, we featured an, a violin on a solo on one of the verses, and then they came back in and sang, and we did a, we did a oompa, you know. Uh, literally 80 years, 80 year old friends of mine looked like Christmas morning, like oh, we love this. And I get to see their faces every Sunday when I do that. I step out there and they look at me like, what's she going to do today? Yeah. And we're doing traditional songs that I grew up on. You probably grew up on. Yeah. And it yeah. could be. Yep. Yeah. Seriously, if whatever church size you guys are in, if you walk in there and you say, turn to hymn 91, hymn 192. And, which is fine to use hymn books, but if every single time they know exactly what you're going to do, come on, people. Yeah. Put yeah. a little bit of time into it. Yeah. Do something fun. It's like giving them a gift. Yeah, They'll love it. Yeah, traditional doesn't have to be litur liturgy. It doesn't right. have to be the same thing over and over and over. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay, so talk to me or talk to the person who's in a church that— um, Maybe they're in a blended situation. They're trying to mesh the two and serve both audiences. What would you tell that person? Would you say, "Hey, pitch something to your leadership that we may be we may split so that w this lane goes here, this lane goes here," or do they stay blended? What would what do you suggest to that leader in a uh, church? Uh, first of all, I would say I'm really sorry. I'm sorry because uh, because that is really really tough. But I would I would say it this way. First of all, um, regardless of whether you're doing traditional, blended, or contemporary, um, it is a matter of the heart. Let's don't bury the lead here. Worship is something that comes out from an, an overflow, an expression. So the effort should still be the same. The energy should still be the same. I, I would I would also go. I would also suggest this. Slow your roll. You don't need to, you know, go straight from um, doing straight up Fanny Crosby to all of a sudden now we're doing Corey Asbury. That is not going to end well. Um, I, I would I would suggest you do it well, and that you you um, you you initiate it slowly. Um, and by the way, you can do a Corey Asbury, or you pick, pick the artist of your choice. You can do it, but you don't have to do it exactly the way you heard it on the track. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to have that screaming guitar solo, you know, to be able to still initiate, um, if you will, a blended, I, I would just be careful not to make this thing a whiplash because if you, if you do it that way, you are going to um, create problems for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And Carl, yeah, you to speak in. to your question as well, uh, I've done it both ways. I've served in many churches that wanted to, to 
to what Dan said to tradition to transition their church right. from traditional to contemporary. Served in many churches that way. I've seen some go really well. I've seen some go really poorly. There's mm-hmm. carnage regardless, even if it goes well. Um, yeah. I've served in where I'm serving now. There are two venues. Um, I've wanted for a long time to serve where there were two venues. I love both venues. Yeah. I think there's some real value to having two two services. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we have the traditional service. And we have the contemporary service because like Dan said, when you try to do a true blended, true blended, the Fanny Crosby and the Corey Asbury, when you try to do or elevation, you try to do a true blended, nobody's getting what they want. Everybody's a little perturbed. So I really love the idea of two different services, um, at least for the genre we're in right now. I mean, it could be that in 10 years, some new things happen and it's better to just have one. But right now where we are with the two different stark contrast. Yeah. I mean, you know, in 20, 30 years, when your traditional is your darling check, you know, I don't know where contemporary will be. I don't know if it'll be as, as wide of a variation, but right now it's a wide variation of styles. Yeah. So um, I like the two different venues. Let, let me throw this on it as well. Let's yeah. go, go back to that, um, the church, I think, Carl, that you're, you're painting the picture of a smaller church with fewer resources. Um, Play play to your strengths. Yes, yeah. it's it's becoming very difficult to find a capable quality organist, right? Yeah. So you know, rather than trying, that may be the gen the, the the impetus that that causes you to begin to transition. Just because I've got a bass player, I've got a, a decent drummer, and uh, I got a keyboard player. Well. That may that may help dictate the direction that you need to go, because um, you don't have the luxury of going out and paying X number of dollars a week to have somebody to come in and play your 1954 organ that you bought. Right, the three of the keys don't work. Yeah. So so that may be the impetus to help you make the change. Um, so that that's one thing. Also, just like traditional is, you know, completely relative. So is, so is contemporary. Oh, my goodness, yes. Contemporary in Atlanta, you know, where you have the Louis Giglio churches and the Andy Stanley churches, and we could keep going. You go to uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Well, not, not let's go to rural Iowa, right? Um, you just don't have that contemporary. There may be something very different. Right. So know your area, you know. Yeah. Know your area. Um, Good. I would also say, real quick, and then I'll hush. Um, when you talk about, you know, I'm, I said, let's let's have two venues. Let's have two separate services. The argument that I've heard, which is a great argument, is I don't want to segment our church. I don't want to split them by age categories. Because right. as a general rule, the grandmothers and, and a little younger are going to go to the traditional, the up and young, you know, are coming to the to the contemporary, they're already kind of split. So what you do is you find ways to bring the body together right. for activities. For you know, we do a huge right. Christmas program every year. Uh-huh. Everybody together, we put the choir up on stage, but we also have the band, and we yeah. find ways to do the dance, and we're all part of the same team. Right. So you, you, you schedule those wins throughout the year. Yeah. Then the daily, the weekly Sunday to Sunday, I think you just is different. That's good. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training.
Johnson is in the other room. Here. Our first order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award. Abby Johnson. This is Abby. She's our newest volunteer escort. Abby, this is Cheryl Alessandro. I'd be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic. I have a chance to make a real difference. No matter what you do for the rest of your life, you're still going to be a baby killer. The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies. I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that helps women in crisis. There's still a part of me that isn't sure. I know. But the one thing that all experts agree on is that at this stage, the fetus can't feel anything. Sorry to bother you, but they need an extra person in the back room. Are you free? And it was like it was twisting and fighting for its life. We commend the souls of these hundreds of children. And Lord, we pray to end abortion. I really appreciate what you've done for us. I'll not forget it. 22,000 abortions. How do I even comprehend that? Rough day at the office. It's your dad and me. You are our baby from the moment of conception. We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate policy. We are an abortion provider. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie. Don't underestimate the repercussions of this. You gotta be careful. tell you what's gonna happen if you walk through that door. Congratulations. You make an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet. Have a topic or question for the show? Visit thechurchmediapodcast.com to contact us today. Back to your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. That was the trailer for the new movie, Unplanned, about Planned Parenthood clinic doctor, Abby Johnson. Uh, She's played by our friend and 1230 blog author, Ashley Bratcher. And on the show notes page for this episode of the podcast, you can watch my full interview with Ashley. We talked about how she got the role and the amazing twist she never knew about her own life as it relates to the film. Really, really cool story. You can watch the interview at thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 186 and also continue the conversation from this week's episode of the podcast on Facebook. Join our Making Sunday Happen Facebook page or group today. You can search Making Sunday Happen or click over to the group from the show notes page for this episode. Here's the URL, thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 186. That's thechurchmediapodcast.com slash 186. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week on the show, my dear friends Dan and Melody return. We continue our conversation on how to plan and execute traditional 
and blended worship experiences. We talk about choir rehearsals, volunteers, song selection, and more. There's a whole lot more content that we get to. So please, please, please check out next week's episode of the podcast. Also, you can actually watch my full interview with Dan and Melody on the show notes pages for these episodes. Just visit the Church Media Podcast. Dot com. Click on episode 186 or 187 next week and watch the full video of our conversation there. Be sure to join us on Facebook. We're having a lot of fun in the Making Sunday Happen group. So be sure to join the conversation today over on Facebook. And be sure to follow us on social media. If you would, we would love to interact with you there. You can also email me anytime if you have a question or comment about the show, carl at 1230.media, carl at 1230.media. That's my personal email address. You can feel free to email me anytime you have a question, a comment about the show, you need content for your church, you want to know how to run your worship experience, you need help with anything. I might not know all the answers, but I might be able to get you to somebody that can get you an answer. So feel free to email me anytime, carl at 1230.media. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. All right, thank you guys for listening this week. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.